So uh, welcome. This is one of my most favorite days of the year because I get more hugs today in this day than the rest of the year combined. So good to see so many friends and clients and clients I've worked with over the years. And so it really is a pleasure to be here. I'm Carla McCall, co-managing partner at AAFCPAs. I'll be speaking about uh, key performance indicators or KPIs. And I'm presenting with my colleague, Robin. Good morning, everyone. I'm Robin Leed. I'm a manager with our business and IT advisory practice. Uh, I used to be a controller, and now I work on business process improvements and system selections and implementations. And I'll be talking to you a little bit about dashboarding. So what's our objective today? As John pointed out, there's a lot of different industries and size organizations in the room, so it's really hard to speak specifically to every single person. Our objective today is to get you th to think a little bit differently about your business maybe get a little bit more creative, maybe reach out to some other team members within the organization. So it's really to stimulate some conversation and some thought. And then, uh, so we'll go through, I'll go through specifically on the KPI side, and then Robin is going to show you how, uh, some ways to think about presenting that data uh, to your constituents, whether it's your board or your senior management team, in a way that is, uh, that makes sense. So let's start with some basics. So key performance indicators. Uh, there's lagging indicators. We all know what those are. Those are based on outputs, easy to measure. And for those of you that uh, receive AAFCPA's uh, trend analysis, key financial ratios at the end of the audit, those are a good example. Current ratio, uh, uh, debt coverage, how many months of net assets, it's all based on output, your audit. Easy to measure, right? And there's a place for those indicators. Uh, absolutely, we, need, we want to understand how we're doing, how, what's our financial stability. So we are, we're all pretty good at those. What we're going to spend our time today is leading indicators. Leading indicators are based on inputs and activities, behavior by team members. We're going to talk about how to influence the KPIs, so what we're measuring. Uh, we went out and looked at a lot of dashboards, a lot of what organizations are measuring. We're doing a really great job on the lagging side. Hard to tease in and get those, get those leading indicators or understand how people are thinking about the activities or the inputs that are going in there. And that's really where we're going to spend our time today. So you can see in this chart, it's a, it's a flow chart that shows sort of the thought process. The top is the performance measure or the department. This is going to change by organization. This is just an example. We have finance. We have operations. We have people. Uh, we have uh, constituents, right? Uh, your donors, who you're serving in the community. That really lends itself to marketing and development. Maybe people have that box as marketing <coughs> development. Maybe have the people box as HR. Some organizations will look at this more granular. They'll have this chart for accounts receivable department. So it really can change. Uh, to the organization based on where your needs are. You want to understand where your need is and what you're trying to change. So top box is pretty easy. Next box is the critical success factor. So what does it mean, uh, what does, how do you define success for this department, uh, for this area, for this, for this team? How, how are you defining success and what's the critical success factor? We're going to go through some definitions. We're going to go through a simple example. Um, at, at the end, we're actually going to go through a client who started this process two years ago. We're going to go through a real example of how they looked at it and um, the results of that. So it'll tie it all together. Uh, third box, KPIs. We're good at that in this room, right? 
we're great at tracking KPIs because I see them. Um, so we know what the KPIs, I feel like we have, we have that set. Where we're going to focus some time here is on this bottom box, the activity inputs. What, it, what are the activities or the behavior that we can do on a consistent basis throughout the year to influence the KPI? What, it, what are the activities or the behavior that we can do on a consistent basis throughout the year to influence the KPI about what you're doing. What are you doing on the activity measures? Any interesting KPIs? How have you influenced your programs or your uh, organization in a positive way? How have you made positive change? And so we're gonna ask people to, to share that. So please think about that as we're going through this. Not sure we need a definition for the top box, but I included it in here so you have it for your reference. It's really what do you, where do you need to focus? What do you need to change? Where's the opportunity? Uh, the activity, I'm sorry, I went too much. The performance area. Uh, the critical success factor is the uh, uh, area that uh, defines success. So what, it, what do you want to, what, what are you trying to accomplish, right? We all understand what the KPIs are, and the last box are the input measures. So these are the team members, the employees, what are they going to do, uh, what are the actions they're going to ta take, we're going to think a little bit creatively, and it has to be consistent behavior over time so you have the ability to measure. So that's where we're going to spend some time. So that just gives you some definitions here. So a uh, financial example. So we put up a finance example because I think we can all relate to this. So this is just looking at the chart that we just looked at and sort of putting over a, a, you know, a definition. Just, uh, and this has to do, um, you know, it's, it falls under the finance, could probably fall under the receivables department, however you see it within your organization. Critical success factor is cash flow. We're tight for cash. Our receivables are aging. Uh, we need cash to run our business. We need to really enhance collection of the receivables. And so really, it, we're looking at our critical success factor as cash flow. So if we know that receivables could have an impact on that critical success factor, what are we going to measure? We're going to measure AR days, right? How many days in AR, if they're uh, increasing, there are things that we can do to try and reduce that KPI to get the days in AR from 70 days to 40 days, or whatever the target is. It has to be measurable. That's really important. Uh, this is a very uh, timely example. I was uh, meeting with an audit committee this uh, last month, and uh, they work with uh, global companies as their corporate partners, and their receivables are, uh, are older, and I think it's because of the bureaucracy of working with global companies. Um, but they're performing the work, the service, and they're due the funds, right? It's just a matter of getting them. The CEO challenged the finance team in that meeting to say, I want you to think about all of the things that you can do to get that money in the door. Get it from their pocket to our pocket. And be aggressive and think of all these things that you could do. That was perfect. What he's talking about are activity inputs, the activity measures. What can they do as a team to try and enhance that KPI, which was reducing the number of days in AR or getting an a, 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 um, uh, aging that has less than that oldest bucket, right? So maybe they're going to go back and look at the time it takes for bills to get out. Maybe, you know, that's measurable. How long is it taking from the time we provide the service to the time the bill goes out the door? How about errors in billing? Can we measure how, how successful we are in accuracy of our billing? Maybe as a result of that data analysis, we want to do some training. 
You can measure training, who attends a training, how many trainings you're doing, uh, what the topics are. Maybe we're going to provide some training. Maybe we're going to make calls. We don't call because we don't, they give us a lot of money. We don't want to, you know, development gets all nervous. We can't contact them because we don't want to offend them, right? But maybe we need to make a call at some point in the process. Maybe they're going to pick a 45-day cutoff. When something gets to the 45-day bucket, they're going to make a call. Maybe they're going to implement some sort of a, a purchase order process within their program or something to try and to try and streamline the bureaucracies that they have in collecting from global companies. So these are the activity measures that they're going back with now to say, okay, what are all the things that we can do? What do we think the likelihood of the impact is? Let's try some things and then let's measure it. You need consistent behavior, you need to measure it, but you know what this is doing is giving the team members, the employees, an expectation of what is expected of them. And what they do on a day-to-day -day basis uh, can influence the success of the organization and have a positive impact on the measures. And this is actually where dashboarding can come in for you to have those measurements in front of your employees all the time so that they're able to track those measurements. Yeah, so I think in Robin's presentation she's going to go through some ways that you might present that, those measures at the, at the activity input level, which is really helpful um, on the graphs. So really, it's breaking down the activities. What are you going to do? You know, you need to track how many bills are going out in the month, how many are aging to the 45 bucket, how many calls are being made, how many um, are, are getting uh, uh, returned. Uh, the healthcare, right, you deal with denials, right? That's, it's easy to measure denials in the healthcare practice. Uh, but a lot of this, of what you, how you come up with the activity measures, requires some data analysis. And when we go through the specific client example, we're going to show you what they did for data analysis in order to understand then what the activities were going to be. Think football. So appropriate, John mentioned Patriots. How does the team perform as a whole? How are the special teams performing? How are the individual players performing? It's a team effort. It's everybody in the organization. They all have to do their part in order for the team to be successful. Um, if, either, if any one piece falls, then the team probably is not going to have as much of a successful year. You can make small incremental changes that have a profound effect. Uh, so you need to, when you're thinking about these, you need to think of where you're going to have the biggest impact. Early yardage. Pick, some, pick an area where, if this is new to you, I know some of you are probably already doing this and are going to have some great examples to share. But if you're not doing this, try and get some early yardage. Where are some areas where we can have immediate success to get some excitement and validation to then move it forward and have that momentum? That's really important when you're trying to get um, people uh, that aren't used to this uh, thinking about it. Think more broadly. This is not about finance. I know today we're all finance basically, but this is more, more broad. We need to think about other parts of our organization. HR, we all know the cost of employee turnover is huge, a huge cost. Are there things that we can do in the HR area to reduce that drain on the organization? IT, are you an organization that relies on IT? Is downtime uh, affecting your uh, profitability? Maybe you're gonna need to measure downtime. Maybe you need to do some data analysis on why systems are going down. I know for our, uh, one of our clients, Boston MedFlight, 
technology and the, and the planes and the helicopters running are a big deal. And they track, they have a, a nice dashboard uh, that's color coded that sh does a lot with equipment and leaving equipment at the scene and IT technology and, that, and, and they do a nice job of tracking sort of things outside of finance. Operations and programs. Okay, we, that's, our, that's our job here is, uh, is community impact. And so how we run our organization can affect how we're delivering our services and the impact in the community. Uh, marketing, obviously, we need donors and we are all about our brand. Our brand and our good work that we do every day in the community. And marketing helps us relay that message. And we need to relay it in a way that resonates even with, uh, with the younger generation. So you could have uh, performance indicators around social media, which we'll talk about in a minute. So let's just think about HR. So for HR employee turn, you could look at it at a retention rate or you could look at it at a turnover rate. You're either half full or half empty, right? So, uh, but what are the things that you can do? Well, you need to understand why employees are leaving. So you have to have some data to start to understand what your activity measures are going to be. Um, and we don't always know why employees leave. Um, I'll tell you at, at AAFCPAs, we instituted a, an exit survey three months after they leave the firm. They're not going to tell you with the HR director in the room why they're leaving. They're, well, most of the time, you're not going to get the truth. If you tell them three months later, absolutely. You'll be amazed at the great feedback we get, we get from employees three months later. Think more creatively about how you're getting data. You might decide that, you know what, we, we don't do evaluations. Maybe we need to do evaluations. Or evaluations aren't timely. Can we set a target of how, what we expect people to do and when, when to do them and what the turnaround time is? Maybe we want to complete an uh, employee engagement survey. Or we want to implement incentive programs. The, the healthcare providers do this because their revenue is based on provider productivity and so they have incentive programs. Maybe there's a coaching model. Maybe there's additional training. All of these things are measurable and that you can measure and see if it has an impact. Other activity measures. Under operations, this is more healthcare related, but this is really about, uh, we see a lot of stats about encounters. And here's accounters by department every month, every year. And here's the total. And we're up. Oh, we're up because we have more providers this year. Oh, no, we're down because, oh, we had three providers on maternity leave. OK, that's great. But it's really not getting to really the inputs of how to influence those. So have we thought about measuring the average visit per provider, average visits per day? We had an organization who looked at the average visit time per provider and changed how they're booking their appointments and increase their productivity because they realized that they were having people on a wait list when they had open time in the, in the court, over the course of a day. So really looking at the data and seeing different ways that you can uh, tweak things. Making reminder calls. No-shows in healthcare is a big deal. Uh, making a reminder call and, and, and just of the appoint, uh, appointment. How about thinking more creatively about that? I go to the spa, I get a text on my phone. And don't tell me your clients don't have phones. My 84-year-old mother has a cell phone. How about the systems that automatically generate, the appointment systems automatically generate texts? By the way, you have an appointment on Thursday. How about a fee if they don't show up? And I know nonprofits, we're not going to charge them and collect it. That's OK, but it might make some people come. 
So just thinking about all the things that you can do and then measure it and see if it has a difference. Marketing and development. We need to uh, make sure that we're getting our story out to the community. We rely on our donations. Can you, do you have a smart website? Is it tracking visitors? How many visitors? How many new visitors? Where they're spending their time? Are we posting our clients' stories, our good work that we're doing, our events? How many are going out on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Snapchat? Uh, most of the young people today are Instagram and Snapchat. They don't even use Facebook. So if you're trying to attract a younger donor base or younger volunteers, you need to really understand where they are on social media. Um, so there's some good marketing benchmarks, marketing expectations. Community impact is important. Uh, so thinking at the program level. The example that we're going to go through after Robin's presentation is about operations slash program, because it really is about how they're running their program and really thinking differently. Um, we, you know, we just said, well, in after-school programs, geez, if, if there's parent involvement, does that affect the retention of the child in the program? Maybe, maybe not. The key here is to try different things over time, learn from what doesn't work, and then try something else. But most important, it's a team effort, and you need to get everybody who's involved, involved in the conversation. So the employees who are out there doing the work on a day-to-day -day basis. All right, so now we're going to talk about getting information out of your systems in order to accomplish things like KPIs and other overall organization goals. We're going to look at how to maximize all of your users with the right information. So let's start from the very beginning and talk about what a dashboard is. Now all of you here probably have different systems and have had different exposure to dashboards. Some of you probably have the latest and greatest ERP systems that have all the bells and whistles of dashboards with pretty pictures. Some of you still use Excel, perhaps, to import that data in and create your own dashboard of sorts. On any level, there are some really good information that should be included on a dashboard. So a dashboard is a display of information. It's customized to the user in order to focus that user's attention on what's important for the day. This is a really great tool to improve your efficiency in your organization. There are three basic types of dashboard functions. Uh, all of these are represented, represented in some sort on your dashboard. You have your analytic types. This is everything that Carla is talking about with your KPI goals. These are uh, trends or budget to actual variances, things like that that help you analyze your organization. There are also informational types. These are things like reports. Uh, dashboard could be like running a bunch of reports at once, where if you're an AP clerk, you could put your AP report right on your dashboard so you don't have to go run it every single day, because you use that on a daily basis, or you should. Uh, there are operational elements. These are things like quick links or tasks to help you keep the business moving. Uh, these are things that help you to perform uh, your responsibilities more timely. There are a couple of different types of dashboard users that should be kept in mind when designing your dashboards. Uh, management uses information on a much higher level. They use things like the KPI goals that Carla was talking about. Or you have finance managers that are concerned with the higher level of the cash flow of full-time employees versus build time variances. And then you go down to the employees, which are more transactional. They're usually uh, designed by a role. Uh, for instance, an AR clerk would be concerned with the donation notices to send, the AR reports, or upcoming donations that they should keep in mind. 
These are things like those activity input measures that Carla was talking about uh, that's on the employee level. You can put those on the employee dashboard. And then since you're nonprofits, we're all involved with different levels of programs. Some people are involved with one program while others could be involved with four or five. So a dashboard is a great way to filter out the information that's presented to the user to just the relevant programs that they're involved with. So let's get a little more detailed and talk about some components. Obviously we have KPIs, just like we've been talking about, but there's a whole lot more to a dashboard than just KPI goals. Uh, we mentioned quick links before. These are operational elements. Uh, this is on a dashboard so that you can click once and go down to uh, a transaction form for a repetitive task. If you're an AP clerk, you pay bills all the time. So why not have a quick link on your dashboard to pay bills so you don't have to drill down through menus to try to find that every day. Uh, you can put reports or custom search results on there. Uh, this would be like the AP report for an AP clerk or for AR, you could create a custom search. Uh, this would be something like donations over $500 that were due yesterday. Uh, this would alert you that there's an outlier and that something needs your attention. Uh, then some systems allow you to import third-party information as well, such as information from ADP. This can be very helpful for someone in an HR role where they're looking at payroll numbers or timesheet information. This allows you to merge the information with your system of record in order to create the analytics that you need. So already we're hearing the theme of team, right? So different people on the team have different dashboards. Yes, different levels, absolutely. Uh, and finally, and very importantly, our reminders. These are very helpful operational hints for you. Uh, these can be things like tasks. Some system, uh, systems allow you to generate tasks for fellow employees based off of a transaction record. This is really helpful to keep everything in the system. All communication uh, can be found in the system instead of going externally with emails or something like that. Uh, or you can obviously self-assign a task to make sure that you get things done in a given day. Alerts can be generated. Uh, these are based on those custom searches that we were talking about. So if you do have an outlier or something that comes up in a custom search result, you can be alerted to it to know that you have to do something. And then finally, uh, there's workflow queues. These are incredibly helpful for uh, things like purchase order routing. So if, you are, if it's your turn to make an approval on a purchase order, you get a queue on your dashboard to let you know that something needs to happen. What are some keys to a successful dashboard? Uh, a dashboard is kind of like your desktop at work. So if you have too many icons on your desktop, it's really hard to focus and figure out what you need to select. So on your dashboard, make sure you keep it clean and limit the number of items on it so you know where to look and can focus your attention on what needs attention at that time. I've seen some busy ones too. Yeah. It's like confetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that means that you want to keep your information on a high level. Uh, this is not your entire database. These are things that you use daily or repetitively. So you can always drill down. Make sure the information is what you need on a daily basis. And especially for those of you who have these new and great ERP systems, make sure not to make them all the really pretty, super fancy graphs that they offer. Because <laughs> with too many pictures, your eyes don't know where to focus. So think about what you're representing. And some of these items may need to be statistical, and some should be graphical. 
but think about how the information is be best represented and mix it up a little bit. And finally, dashboards are dynamic. So we're talking about these KPI goals that are organization-wide. Hopefully at some point you're going to reach these goals and you're going to come up with new ones. So make sure to update your dashboards to represent these new goals as they become accomplished. So now yeah, before you get into the graph, so I would just add to make sure that, you know, that everybody who's getting them would understand them. I've seen some dashboards where it's like, hmm, yes. I wonder what that means. So it wasn't really clear. Uh, so just really be clear about what you're presenting and how you're presenting it. Is it really a critical success factor? Yes, and make it meaningful. Right. A lot of systems will allow a, a too much customization. Um, so things can be renamed or organized exactly mm -hmm. what would be as meaningful to the user as possible. So here are some pretty, pretty pictures. Uh, <laughs> we're going to start with NetSuite, which I find has a, most of the elements that we were talking about there. Uh, I'll talk in, a, in more detail about this one, and then we'll uh, look at some other examples just to give you some ideas. And think about what jumps out at you as we look through these um, and what really you think would be effective. So um, I have a laser pointer here, which obviously everyone can see. So I'm going to use my big arm. And up in the corner on the top left, we see our reminder section. Uh, these are those, the quick links and the workflow cues and things like that that we were talking about to uh, prompt you to do actions. These are your operational things. Uh, down below, we have a KPI meter, which is that overall KPI goal for management. This is the high level. And then up in the middle there, in that biggest box, we see a bunch of very detailed key performance indicators. Uh, these are uh, much more specific. And you can see across the top, there are some, some of the more important ones, I guess. And everything's color-coded and pretty for you. And of course, if you click on any of that stuff, the system will bring you down to all the details so you can see where all those numbers are coming from. And then below that, we have our navigation portlet, which are our quick links. So if you need to do a new pledge or a new donation, you can click once and there's your transaction form. Uh, and then we have a couple of quick links for reports that are used often. Then if we would, were to scroll down, we'll see a couple of pretty graphs to show trends and constituents. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, not too much on there to overwhelm you. Because again, you can always drill down if needed. The next example is from a system called Adaptive Insights. This is a plug-in module that kind of overlays all of your data. So if the system that you don't have right now, or, or that you have right now, does not have dashboarding the way that you want it, this is the type of system that will take all of your information in a CSV or SQL format and give you this. So it's a, kind of the same thing that we see from NetSuite. It's organized a little bit differently with the tabs, the focus tabs up at the top. But again, you see a lot of the statistics and then some graphs. And then if we were to drill down to the financial analysis page, you see a lot more detail uh, about some financial information. The last one is from Abila, which I think a lot of you in here might have. It's a nonprofit specific online uh, software. And again, they show a couple of the statistics up at the top and some great graphs down at the bottom. Um, and they're going to be changing in the next couple months, so it'd be cool to see what they come up with for their, their new dashboarding system. How to present some of the data that we're talking about, making sure we're mixing it up, making sure it's visual and not being too busy, right? And you're trying to use our technology, right? Can our technology do this for us? So now we have um, permission from one of our clients, which is the Pine Street Inn 
who went through this process a little over two years ago. They wanted to look at how to move guests from shelter to housing. What happened was, so when, we, when I was talking about the inputs and you need to analyze data, you need to analyze data to figure out what's going on. What they did is analyze 12 years of census data. They realized 5,000 guests or people are coming into shelter every year that the statistics are increasing even though there's all these efforts to develop housing. Those of us in the housing business understand the housing market and affordable housing market in Boston. It ain't easy, right? And so um, I wanted to describe you know, what they did. They looked at their short-term, medium-term, long-term guests. They looked at what the cost was for each level. What does it cost to house a short-term, medium-term, and long-term shelter guest? And then, they, and then they, they did some statistics that we're going to show you a small glimpse. It took maybe three slides from their massive uh, system with their permission. Um, but the COO, Larry Siemens, uh, described it beautifully. He said it's a bathtub effect. Think of a bathtub. You turn the water on full blast, and the water comes pouring into the tub, right? That's the amount of people going into shelter every year. Then you have this little hole at the bottom of the tub that's letting the water out. What's going to happen over time? It's going to overflow, right? So they were moving 50 guests to housing every year. In order to not have the bathtub overflow, they would have to increase that to 500. So their strategy was, okay, we need to meet as a team and we need to think about how to poke more holes in the bottom of the tub and how to reduce the top of the funnel, how to reduce the level of water going into the tub. They were so focused on the long-term stayers and not focused on the people as they were coming into shelter. They would wait five days before they talked to a shelter guest before, well, we need them to get settled and then we'll meet with them, whatever. So they did all this data, the way that this would lay out in our graph, their critical success factor was moving shelter guests to housing. Not an easy thing to do. Their KPI is reduce, reduce the length of stay in shelter. That's their critical success factor. We need to reduce our long-term stayers. The activities is a result of all their brainstorming with their, their front desk shelter workers, uh, the people on the floor. I mean, they involved everybody in this conversation. This is a team effort. This is not just management trying to think, oh, okay, here, what you, here's what we're going to do. This is a team effort of thinking about what we're going to do different. They came up with a bunch of different programs. Probably one of the most successful that I know the most about is the triage system. On the graph, this is what happened. They, back in 2015, they analyzed their guests. They, had, they realized that 24% of guests that were coming into shelter were taking 67% of the bed nights. 24% using 67%. Unbelievable, right? They were, that was a real eye-opener. So when they implemented, and we'll focus just on the triage system for a moment, the triage system is, is treating the top of the funnel. It's dealing with the, with the folks that are coming into the shelter for the first time. So instead of waiting the four and five days, they're meeting with them right away. And in some cases, they've had reunification with family. They've diverted from shelter. They collaborate with other nonprofits and might have a better solution at another organization. Uh, so they, are, uh, they have a job training program. So there's other things that they're thinking about in order to treat the top of the funnel. So we're going to fast forward 2017. They went from 24% in long term down to 13%. Because they're treating the top of the funnel, less guests are becoming long term stayers, 
What was their KPI? Reduce the length in, in shelter, right? Huge impact. Now this is only two years and they are constantly re-engineering and thinking and how are we going to measure this and this is the right measure and how are we going to think about this. Major, major impact in a very difficult market. Here's their graph. Their long term, medium term, short term, they're measuring their yield of how, how many uh, guests are placing in housing from 9% in 2014 to 18%. So they're definitely moving in the right direction. So this is just one example. Now you could label this program, you could la label this operational. I think it fits in either category, but this is really positive impact. All right, so I know all your little wheels were turning about how this could be represented on a dashboard. So just really quickly, uh, for the users, you could have custom reports to track guests through the triage system, numerical job training statistics, and then graphical statistics for who uses the self-help center and how often and how all of these factors will affect the outcome of, that attend of the user. And then management, of course, would have KPIs to look at the percentage of guests versus the percentage of bed nights. All of, the, all of this information would be very helpful on each of the dashboards. So I challenge you to go back and look at your organization the way it is today and see how your dashboards are. Some of you may have new ERP systems, but a lot of times in the implementation process, we forget to really design for the user and we take the stock dashboards. So take a look at what you have today and were they ever designed with the user in mind and are they promoting the most efficiency and are they aligned with your organization's current goals? And if not, then think about the different teams that you have at your organization. Think about the management and the specialty team and the individual and all the different information that they might need to operate more efficiently. And if you do have any questions, then feel free to ask your AAF rep and we'll be happy to help you. So I think we want to go to um, uh, the Q&A. So we want to hear from people who are thinking creatively, who are really focused on these leading indicators, these inputs. What are you doing? Are you doing some things that you might want to share with the rest of the group? So at our organization, we're focusing on reporting and dashboards at the board level. Mm -hmm. And what I find is interesting about your presentation is you're really talking about what the staff would be seeing. Right. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, well, let me back up. In terms of the board level, it's easy for us to do it without a sophisticated system to do it on a monthly or a bi-monthly basis right. in Excel. So if you don't yet have a sophisticated system, how, how do you do this work for your staff and how do you make it so it's real-time data instead of just every... Right, yeah. I mean, certain systems we don't realize have the capability, and I'm going to let Robin jump in here, but have the capability to do simple dashboards in, in, in different areas. But you can also do, um, I, or I would think, an Excel. So some of the dashboards I saw from clients are really Excel-based, but they're linked and they have the sort of color-coded up and down arrow as to what's improving and what's not? Yeah, I mean, that, that is definitely a possibility. And I know exactly what you're talking about. A lot of people do that for monthly board reportings to suck all that information into Excel and break it down to what the board wants to see. That's perfectly acceptable. Um, dashboarding, though, is more on a daily level. And yes, the information is not as easily taken from something like QuickBooks or something like that to be represented on a daily level. And I think that's where some of these other systems could come in, like Adaptive Insights or uh, Budget Maestro or something like that, that can take that information in real time and create these dashboards for you, uh, for whatever your, your employees would need on a daily basis. 
This is almost more of a question, but one of the things that your talk prompted was the concept of how when you're involved in culture change in your organization, mm -hmm. you know, on a whole lot of levels, getting people engaged in different ways and, see, and, and the staff themselves seeing how the organization functions together and as a team. Right. Dashboards could be extremely interesting in terms of both highlighting the work of individual units and, you know, as a way of communicating to to the rest of the staff, but also the interaction, I would think, between the different units and how some of that stuff. Um, right, um, So I just thought I'd put it in the context of culture change and see if you had any Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to know that what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis is making a difference. And how does what I'm doing, I mean, I might just be processing receivables, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it is going to have an impact on the organization. And so you're right, it could be a little bit of a culture change. Um, I'm a big proponent of transparency. And so I think that having um, cross-team meetings, cross-functional meetings, uh, for the leadership to really let people understand that you know, each area is important to the organization as a whole. If we don't all work together, we're a team. Right, so think football, and we all need to do our part. But we're going to meet with every single department and let them know how what they're doing has an impact on the work that we do every day. And you need to celebrate the good work you do. You guys are doing the hard work. We need to we need to really um, make sure we're doing everything to enhance that. I think we have one more question over here. Yeah. Sorry, one more. We have a oh, we have one. Okay. Um, Hi, just, just a quick comment um, and maybe a question. So we have a dashboard at our organization at GLAD and very proud of it. It's uh, Excel-based. But one of the things that I realized here is that we have uh, the lagging indicators and not too many leading indicators. Uh -huh. So this has really opened my eye to let's do some of those things. And we just uh, uh, finished a two, uh, two three-year strategic plan. So how about getting some of those things on the dashboard? What a concept. So I think right. we're going we're gonna to do that. Um, it was really, really nice to see the example uh, that you put up because it shows me that dashboards aren't just about financial information. It really, just to go through the, um, your client's presentation was really helpful. Right. Um, and so I just wonder how difficult it is to move from one to the other. And ours is board-based as well. But right. But wouldn't it be interesting to have it in other departments, so. Yeah, I mean, it's work for them. I, I would tap, you know, the folks there at the Pine Street Inn, they've done a really good job with it of getting people engaged, but it's really energized because they're all there for the same reason, to help people, to make sure they're not in shelter, to get them into housing. So they really need to, so really having them engaged in the conversation has really been successful and, and helping them, you know, we tell, we tell our company all the time, we don't have all the answers. More minds are better than one, right? So we always ask for ideas and suggestions and we're always willing to try new things. And they're willing to try new things. And you know what? It's OK to fail. We learn from our failures, right? So you have to have an environment and a culture of it's OK if we try something new and it doesn't work. But we're going to try it for a period of time to understand that we, it's not working and we need to change. But it's OK. What we want is the creative thinking. And when I talked about that audit committee CEO that challenged their finance team, be aggressive. Think about everything that you can do. You know, that's what he was talking about. He wants the creative ideas. Now, they might not do all of them. Um, and he happens to be personal connected to the, to the companies. But um, they would want to, uh, he's just trying to stimulate that thought. And that's the process you want to go through. 
One, uh, a question, yeah? Just a comment partially on the cultural thing. And this gets down to people have to have a long-term view. Two different places I've been at, one had to do with mostly real estate. And uh -huh. the real estate group really got to understand that when their projects were delivered, wasn't just about delivering the deal, but also about how it f affected the equity of the company, the current ratio at the end of the year, when we were gonna collect mm. the developer fee. Um, so recently I went over results on one company but also the long-term projections and just showing them the board, they didn't even understand, like thinking forward two to three years, that if they kept on the same trajectory they were on, their uh, current ratio was kind of upside down. Right. And so they had to think about what they were going to do to right the ship. Um, so it's really get, just getting people to think about those. The real estate folks hadn't really thought about how delivering their projects was going to affect their cash and liquidity. Um, so it is a long-term change, um, but I've seen good results in one place and um, long-term goals in another. Yeah, that's great. Great point. Long-term view, right? We need to be forecasting. We need to be projecting. We should have some expectation if we do these things. What is the potential impact? What do we think we can do? Um, that audit committee, you know, that finance team is charged with going back to the CEO to say, okay, here's all the things that we can do and here's how we think we may, might be able to move the needle. Let's decide what we're going to do as a team. So it is a team, uh, it is a team effort and there should be a long-term view. Um, because as, even as businesses scale, you need to be thinking about the impact of what you're doing and as you scale, it might need to change. Because once you scale, everything gets compounded, right? And if you're in a period of high growth, you could, it could have an impact. Involving the whole team. Mm. Because to have this type of result, you have to really, you might start at the top and then involve people to get the ideas you know, that they have and then it just work it down. And the other key is people have to understand their impact on your organization, no matter what they do, why they do what they do is so important and how it does impact um, the organization, whether it's from a, a service provision perspective, a financial perspective, mm. you know, all the different perspectives, they have to understand it because then they, they get it. You know, we've seen when we've worked with organizations doing this work, we've seen uh, groups being involved, they finally open up and give you ideas, you come up with a plan to fix whatever the problem is, and boom, you know, sometimes 30, 60 days later, depending upon, you know, if it's an easier to fix problem or not, you see these huge results and big turnaround, and, and everybody feels like they owned a part of the process. That's the win. That's yeah. where you really get some results. Right, and it, we facilitate a lot of these groups and these discussions within companies, and you do see people really get engaged around, around the table. Um, I do want to mention one thing. I mean, we went through that one example for the Pine Street Inn. There's a lot of data analysis, and you're probably all thinking, how the heck am I going to find time to do that, right? Uh, I think they did employ some outsource help um, in really looking at this um, is along with their team. Um, and that's why when I said focus on a small win or an area where you can get to that early yardage, because um, the data analysis does take time. There's a level of effort there. But we feel that if you can analyze the data and understand the why, come up with some creative ideas about how, that it will create efficiencies in the long run. If you can reduce those receivable days, you're not going to be doing all this analysis and figuring out, talking with all the departments and why is it aging and what can we do and 
you know, and, and if you can just reduce that, then, then you have time to move on to other things. Um, so I think it will create, but you can't do everything at once, right? Especially if you're in a position where you're now rolling this outside of finance and thinking about marketing and IT and HR, it's gonna take time. You know, lay out a timeline, take a methodical approach, start with a discussion with the senior leadership team. I think you need your senior leadership team in each area on board before you're gonna roll it down to the employees. They're gonna need to come up with an approach so it, you know, you need to start um, in stages and in steps and then involve it and then figure out where you're going to have the biggest impact. If employee intern is a big concern, you might start with HR. Uh, if it's finance related, you'll start with finance. If there's a huge programmatic concern, like the Pine Street Inn of just, geez, how do we get these guests from shelter to housing? That's a, all the, all the uh, um, organizations in Boston struggle with this. Con uh, national, it's a national problem. But if we could be at the leading edge of creative thinking, what an impact that has to people in our community, it's huge. The one thing I didn't mention that they did was um, they changed a mailing. Um, there was a mailing, they never, a lot of organizations don't do mailings in the summer because people are on vacation, they're away, they're not, you know, they cut off advertising, whatever. They, most people make their donations at the end of the year because that's tax time. They did a mailing in, in the summer. Uh, they hadn't done one in the summer before. Uh, they, and if you think about it, homelessness is more visible when? In the summer, just due to the weather, right? They have 5,000 new donors this year. Now, can you tie that exactly to the mailing? You know, unless they came in a specific envelope? Probably not. But you have to do everything that you can in order to increase that donor base. And so every little bit helps. So I'm not sure they can tie the whole success to that. But you know what? It's something different that they did and they tried. And are they going to continue to do it? You bet. So Robin and I at the break will be outside these doors. If you have any questions, we're happy to talk through anything with you. Um, thank you for all of the good work you do in the community. We appreciate it. Uh, we're passionate about it. And um, thank you. <laughs>